0: Hello and welcome to Employee Experience Labs Podcasts, a new podcast series where myself, Volker Schrank, will talk to various practitioners in the space of employee experience or shared services. Today, we are speaking with Davis Aguilar, who is the head of employee experience at Diageo. Diageo is a multinational alcoholic beverage company headquartered in London, England, It operates from over 130 sites around the globe, and it's one of the world's largest distillers. Its leading brands include Johnny Walker, Guinness, Smirnoff, Baileys, Captain Morgan, and many more. We'll talk about, of course, employee experience, but also shared services future and past, and what is interesting about RPA, AI, and the metaverse.
1: In five years the ability to interact with shared services should be easier and the experiences should be enhanced. Shared services definitely should be a powerhouse for innovation. HR, talking about the employee experience, has a huge opportunity to leverage the benefits that the Metaverse gives.
0: before we start with this, we'll talk about Davis and Davis' career as an HR practitioner in the spaces of shared services, but also employee experience, how he got to the role that he has today, what's his career path, and what's his thinking about the future. Davis, hi, nice meeting you. It's good to see you again. How have you been?
1: Volker, my friend, very good to see you after so long. Um, I've been great, really, really, really busy, but very happy to be here with, with you today.
0: Thank you. And I've heard you are actually on business travels. You're in India currently. How's everything there?
1: I'm in India, a vibrant Bangalore, a very good uh, trip so far. Uh, came here to, to visit my team. Uh, it, it's great. You know, starting, let's start with the food, which is amazing in India, always. But then the people uh, that we have in our team, everyone is so committed and and invested. It's really inspiring. So I'm really enjoying being here in Bangalore with my team from DIU.
0: That is great. That's fantastic. So what about we start a bit earlier? What is your background? How did you get into HR Shared Services, Davis?
1: I always like to start with uh, saying that I'm Costa Rican. I kind of always put that out there because people get confused like, why are you living in the UK and you have this this accent. right? So, let me tell you a little bit. So I studied law, Volker, that was my career and I was very well on the path to becoming a reputable lawyer back in the early 1990s. And then you know things happen and life takes you through different directions. My wife and I decided to get married very young and then that pushed me to find a job and the first job that I could find back then when I was 20 was one in which I could use my language skills because I I knew English and back then really in Costa Rica not a lot of people uh, knew how to speak English it's very different today everyone speaks great English over there but back then that's what helped me right so I was part of that very early generation really of uh, people going into the BPO industry that was starting in Costa Rica late 1990s when a gambling industry was going there, contact centers, so the very early stages of BPO going to Costa Rica for, for the level of education that we had, and little by little started to evolve. And then I also evolved with the industry, I suppose, and I took on different jobs, different experiences until I landed into HR and shared services, which was a more sophisticated type of service than what I was doing. But nevertheless, the the experience that you gain from the BPO, from customer service, really has uh, grounded me into understanding what type of experience someone on the other line, on the other side of the line, is expecting from someone talking to you. Independently, if that's someone within your business, your company, like what we do in shared services, or a customer, a client somewhere else. So that's that's what I did. That's how I landed in shared services. You know it's been a wonderful experience 20 years doing this again not planned but really fortunate because life has given me such a great professional and personal experiences
0: i mean these are the right ones right but you don't plan it but you somehow fall into it and you fall in love with it and then you just enjoy doing it these are the right ones this is this is what i really like about your career you know you didn't like plan out to do it but you you fell in love with it exactly and that's really cool mm-hmm. so y- you have also been very busy in, in the recent years what were your last few roles what are you currently doing tell us a bit where you arrived so far
1: i'll start where i'm out where i'm at now i'm i'm in the agio uh Volker leading employee experience the employee experience area or tower uh, here Uh, which um, comprises everything related to HR operations.
0: That's a fantastic one by the way, I love that one, it's one of my passions. (laughs) It
1: it, it is a fantastic one and we have a a great opportunity to influence and impact uh, truly the employee experience and I I think to, to change the perception of how we interact with employees but we'll talk more about that later. So that's what I'm doing, I'm based out of London and i've been traveling a lot for the past three months when i joined the i am today in bangalore again uh, visiting and, and and meeting my team previously i was uh, in kimberly clark for two years doing hr operations hr transformation supporting the transformation into a newly created shared services within the hr function which is a different setup from other organizations and also supporting the payroll strategy there as well, which they have started before I joined, consolidating into regional vendors, but then needed a little bit more of a structure. So, you know, I was again very fortunate to have had the experiences that I had on my previous role in Mondelez when you and I worked very closely on the payroll strategy there because uh, joining then Kimberly Clark was kind of a continuation of what we were doing in, in, in Mondelez. Uh, and, and setting up the whole governance, the whole interaction with the partners, uh, the whole control framework, everything that we know needs to happen within payroll to actually operate efficiently. In Mondelez, great experience. I joined them back in 2014, I believe, uh, out of Costa Rica doing HR operations for the Americas. Uh, that was The first center, I believe, I remember correctly, I think it was Manila, it was Costa Rica. We were doing North America, then we did Latin America, then I moved to the UK to do HR operations here for Europe. Then I did Global Service Line Lead for HR operations globally, remember that one, then knowledge management service now, payroll. You know, I keep keep sharing with, with people that they ask me about my background and my experience these companies give you so much opportunity to learn and grow in so many different areas that at the, sometimes you find challenging because you're pulled into many different directions and you're going from project to project and also juggling the business as usual and all these things, but at the end of the day, it's really worth it because you learn a great deal of what you're doing and I think that, that has been giving, giving me a great Advantages and great learning experiences that has put me where I'm at today, because of all the growth and learning and opportunities that I've had in the past. So I'm always very grateful to all the companies that I've been with and all the challenges and stretches that I've been exposed to.
0: Absolutely, David. I can only agree. And there's there's another interesting thing that you mentioned a few times: payroll. You know, payroll is always at the heart of every experience, right? If you don't get payroll right. Forget about anything else. This is what counts. But talking about your experience, you have seen a lot, you have been in very different phases of HR transformation journeys from the beginning towards also mature operations. When you think about what you've seen and what you also see out there in the market, when you, when you think about shared services, What do you think is is the current, or from your perspective, what is the current model you see out there mostly currently for shared services? And is this the model of the future or do you also see anything changing on that?
1: I think that there's still a, there's an aspiration to evolve from the more or most widely used model today when organizations have a shared services, which is still accommodating within the Ulrich model, right? The COEs, the HR business partners, and HR operations. And you'll find companies in different levels of maturity and different levels of technology enablement and and, and so on. But I think that in the future, and what I've seen that companies, when they evolve from that initial stages, what I see in HR is a more integrated function, one in which Roles and responsibilities are still very clearly defined in between the different actors, but then one in which we operate less siloed, which is difficult, which is difficult sometimes. But at the end of the day, you know, I think that the, the current thinking, gladly, and everyone is realizing this, is that HR truly needs to be, go from being a, a business partner to what I would like to call them A strategic partner and that's a big shift and that's the big driver for all these transformations how to free up how to unlock the value that HR can add to the table of the conversations when we're talking about business objectives if not but then being very operationally efficient so that's the model I'm seeing and one in which we are still delivering great experiences for our employees so those two go hand in hand so I think that in the future As companies keep evolving and get the basics right, they will realize that in order to truly deliver exceptional employee experiences, however we define employee experience in our own company, which can be different from one to the other, there's definitely an opportunity for companies to, or for HR function to become more integrated, less siloed, more clear around the responsibilities and role that each one of their components
0: play today couldn't agree more davis i think this is one of the key components right when you think about the transformation journey that we've been on and you know you and me we've been on that to a broad extent together i think really the shared services part has become very much industrialized from an administrative perspective. We are getting our work done very nicely there, and there are particular tool sets and methodologies to use, and it is very mature. But you are right, on the other side, within the one organization not siloed, it hasn't been that far, right? When you think about transformations, HR, and the changing role of COEs and business partners that happen when you do a transformation, they have often not been properly supported on that journey. They don't have that strategic angle. They haven't learned this. And the question is also, you know, are the right people still there, right? It's, it is a very different skill set that you need for this than before, right? As you need a very specific skill set for HR shared services. But many companies, when they go into HR Shared Services, they hire HR Shared Services experts like you and me to help them set it up. But they don't hire HR Strategy experts to set up the business partners. That's a good point. And I am with you. This is what is more important in the future, where we need to really, really focus on and see how we can maybe support one another even more to deliver an integrated experience as well. No, absolutely.
1: I think that in the future, we need an amalgamation of the skills of the HR uh, people and the skills of shared services. And I think that one of the biggest problems, and you and I have experienced this ourselves, is the fact that historically, HR has not considered themselves as shared services people because the skills are different, right? And the shared services people uh, have felt left out of HR. So I think that that cohesive union in between those two is necessary for the next evolution, for the next level of skills that are required for the business, if we think about the business strategy and how we accomplish that from a HR perspective.
0: This is essential today, particularly when we think about the change that is happening in the last three years, right? Uh, it has accelerated a lot. But thinking this further, Davis, where do you think we will be in five years from now when you think about HR shared services or the overall HR function
1: i think Volker, that technology is going to be the big enabler for the next evolution i think that the in five years the ability to interact with shared services should be easier and the experiences should be enhanced and i think that that's what we are going to strive for it's going to be an easier experience and a more integrated union with hr now what i'm thinking is that. Collocation, talking about three years ago, right, and what has happened, collocation is no longer going to be that important anymore. Because with the new platforms, then you and I can be working from anywhere in the world, right? And so, why do we need to have our teams collocated in one single center other than, you know, for collaboration and, of course, to have face to face interactions if we can deliver services in that way? So, I think that definitely. The The mindset changed over the last three years, what we believed, what I believed five years ago is very different from what I believe today in terms of people working from the office. And I think that with the new generations coming along into the workforce, that's definitely going to be more prevalent. And for them, it's going to be even more important to have the flexibility. So. I kind of diverted a little bit into your question about the future of shared services, so I think allocation is no longer going to be that important. I think technology is going to be a a big enabler. I think there's going to be an evolution of what we can deliver in terms of experiences from our platforms currently today, and I think that the ease of use and the value add that we can provide from a shared service perspective is going to evolve as well. As technology is going to uh, help us to become more efficient and again then hand in hand allow hr to become more strategic and more business focused than what we are today
0: when i think about colocation, i'm like halfway there right for me there's a mixture there are roles that do not need to co-locate on a regular basis that can be you know global and more dispersed in nature but when i think about the very operational aspects of delivering transactions. They are borderline, I'm not so certain. And, and where I'm coming from is, you know, particularly in this space, you have a lot of turnover and you have a lot of very young colleagues. And for those to make sure that they get properly immersed into the work, immersed into the company, into the culture, I think that co location still has its benefits. But, of course, you know, as you say, the expectations of particularly this group that I'm talking about are a bit different. I'm really curious how this will play out in the next five years. I think we are currently only seeing tendencies. Every company is trying to figure out, you know, where are we after the pandemic? And let's see. But um, yeah, I mean, latest in five years, we can talk about it.
1: Exactly. Just how our beliefs change from five years ago to today. Let's see what happens in, in five years. Absolutely.
0: You also talked about technology. And I think two of the main technologies currently that we are looking at from an HR perspective are RPA, Robot Process Automation, but also AI, Artificial Intelligence. What do you think about those two technologies? Do you, do you see them already today in your job? Do you see a big future of those? Is it, is it a hype? What's your
1: view on this? Well, you know, I I go to uh, different conferences uh, in regards to shared services. And the one question that I have there to many of those experts is how are you applying it? Because we keep talking about it, but I'm still not seeing benefits being realized entirely. So I think that as much as it is uh, the kind of a hype and and the trend in which everyone wants to focus on, I believe that we're still not there really extracting the true benefit and value from these technologies and and from these platforms. I think that shared services definitely should be a powerhouse for innovation and I think that we should be the ones embedding and implementing these technologies and pushing them in the or within the business and in our practices at the end of the day we think about the inception of shared services 25 years ago we all started because this was we wanted to become a more cost-efficient organization in benefit of the business so we still have that part of our dna embedded so if we think about the benefits that this is going to bring from that perspective from a cost optimization perspective there's definitely a lot to unlock there what is challenging in our day-to-day in my experience is that the business as usual takes so much precedence and fixing the basics takes so much precedence that sometimes we kick the can when it when it comes to innovation and we say hey I need to get this right before I get there. We don't make enough space unless we make the right investments but then our organizations are also constrained in these markets about where we want to allocate resources. So it's kind of a very intentional choice if we want to really start investing consciously into these technologies to unlock benefits in a certain period of time. But there's no doubt that they can allow us to become more efficient, that they can allow us to become more operationally excellent, that they can unlock the strategic side of HR, is how much do we really want to put our money where our mouth is really in these technologies.
0: I agree. That's also something you said in the beginning, right? What is the value that we can get out of it? What's the case behind it? And this is where I'm still a bit mixed. You know, on RPA, I think this has really matured over the last few years. And I see this coming more and more. And also very simple RPAs are helping us significantly removing the admin tasks that are standard on AI. I think there's still a lot that has to mature. You know, I just yesterday again, had a conversation because of what is the right strategy for a, for a chatbot, right? And how do you set up a chatbot? And a lot about a chatbot is the AI as well as the natural language processing or understanding behind it. And where we landed yesterday was there's still, not so much i in the a <laughs> that it's, it's seamless for you to implement it you know the work that you need to put in it and you know you come again you know we need to make choices we don't have resources available freely to us to use wherever we want to right so having sufficient resources to truly unlock the potential of ai is the tricky one and there's where i would also like you would love to be more innovation at the front and leading it yeah the basics need to be there first and then you need to see what is what is coming what is happening another one davis and would be good to understand your view on this one as well is you know the metaverse right the hype is is a bit lower by now i think looking at meta and how much money they have pulled into that is amazing, I would love to have just, you know, a few percentage of that funds available. But also, you know, companies like Accenture, they have bought 60,000 of the meta headsets for for the metaverse. What's, What's your take on this? Is this a hype? Is this something with the future? Does it have to mature? What do you see?
1: It's early to also determine what's going to happen, but it's definitely a fascinating topic and one that's keeping many people awake. Do I need to be an early adopter? What if I'm then too late if I don't do something now? Oh, what's going to happen in, in two years? I'm not talking about five or ten years. We're definitely going to be talking about this in two years and things were, would have evolved a lot in two years' time. I think that HR, talking about the employee experience, has a huge opportunity to um, leverage the benefits that the Metaverse gives. In terms of experiences, for employees for candidates and I go back to the point about the demographics because I think that the demographics that are now coming into our workforce being born in between 1995 and 2005 most likely the gen set these guys were born with a, a handset in their hands so they will definitely strive for different experiences from what you and I or the, the millennials, even the millennials, uh, were expecting in the past. So I think that in the future, people will ask during the, the interviews, what's the culture like in your company? And what's the, the metaverse like in your company as well? And I think that will go from, you know, they have a great metaverse, they have a great environment in which I can collaborate. So I think that there's a, a huge opportunity to look into it. I think there's a huge op- opportunity for leaders to start educating themselves about the metaverse, not to ignore it anymore because it's not going away. So let's understand what exactly it means. I'm glad to see that American Webster Dictionary has it now, and I think it was elected as the award of the year actually this year. So it, it, it is definitely it is definitely one to stay, one to watch from the experience that it can provide but then again we need to talk about innovation teams we need to talk about the skills that we need to bring this to life within our organizations i don't think we have them today we would have to hire the accentures of the world and the eys of the world to bring and, and implement them
0: i will be happy that we spend money with them yeah, again they'll be
1: very happy exactly so i think it it offers a vast opportunity to really enhance employee experience from that perspective, from the HR perspective, definitely from the candidate experience to the employee, even for, for the labor experience. I think it can touch every angle from hire to retire. And I think there's an opportunity to look into this more in depth.
0: Very interesting take. Thank you so much, Davis. I see some of the use cases the question is, how do you make those use cases work? You know, And I'm with you, right? The candidate experience and how the candidate can, can get the feeling of, of the culture, can have a look, especially if they are remote joiners, right? How they can get a more uh, tangible look and feel of the organization. This is where the metaverse comes in, absolutely. Until though everyone has a has a headset at home, you need to somehow ship it to them, which is then you know difficult because it's it's still an item that can quickly get damaged on on shipments etc so it's a logistical topic as well but i see the potential in, in increasing the experience absolutely Now you you are right this is this is something to watch two years is is ambitious i think it might maybe take a bit longer but um, it's, it's another one to check on in two years between you and me, where we are on that one, right?
1: Let's talk again in two years. Let's see where we are, if we are doing something in the I.U. or Mondelez in terms of the metaverse. and let's, Or you know, or in two years, let's do the pod, this podcast in, in the metaverse.
0: Yeah, let's do it this way. Let's do it this way and maybe we can have also then a live podcast with a virtual audience that we can look at.
1: <laughs> that would be fantastic.
0: That <laughs> will be something. But let's come, let's come back to today and, and what our lives are today. Davis, one last question. Thank you so much for, for your take on the future, for your take on technology, the overall experience and shared services. Um, when you think about today, what are your main challenges? What is it that keeps you awake at night today?
1: From what I've seen, Bulker in in Mandalis, in Kimberly Clark, in Diageo, in, in many companies as well, people that I speak to, I think that we all have and get the theory very very well. I think we all understand it. But I think that bringing that theory into practice is is difficult. I think that we still struggle in getting the basics right. I think that there are many components of the experience of of an employee within within a company that we still can influence and that are still not very clear in terms of where those components ownership sits and that creates a big problem. And so to me, um, getting very clear, intentionally clear as to where things should sit in the organization, who is better positioned to do certain type of work it's absolutely critical to start evolving Once you get that basic right and of course the operational side of things right then you can start moving I think that once you can unlock the basics or you you can get the basics right you will be able to unlock then the next evolution which is going to be the value-added services that we all talk about which are you know providing data insights and being able to sit at the table and, and, and be considered a trusted business partner from the shared services perspective. I think that we're not there yet. I think that the maturity uh, level is, is low in many organizations and everyone is in different places today, but we're all trying to fix kind of fix the same, the same things. So, so to me, to summarize my answer, I think we have to get the basics right. I think we have to get, and part of that is the roles and responsibilities, who's doing what, and I think we have to get the collaboration right in between HR, get rid of the, of the silent mentality and start acting more as an integrated function end-to-end, so that we can really evolve to the next evolution, next iteration of shared services and HR.
0: But coming back to what you said at the beginning, right, how do we get one HR, one team, not siloed? but be clear about roles and responsibilities, yes. The problem is it's today even more complex, right? It's not only HR because when you think about experiences, it is more involved to create an experience than just HR, you know? You mentioned onboarding, right? What other functions really have a role to play in onboarding? It's of course HR, but it's also most likely IT, right? You might have something around travel with your credit card. Something like this. So there are many different functions where we need to be clear around roles, responsibilities, and how to frame this out.
1: Sounds easy, right? Welcome when you and I talk about it, but it's so difficult. You and I know it's very difficult to get into those conversations.
0: The devil is in the detail, right? Everyone is clear about we want to have a great experience. We need to have the foundational elements fixed, but then when you deep Dive into them gets tricky; it gets difficult.
1: It gets difficult, but I think you know the starting point. It, it's the right one. We are all aligned that this needs to happen, and I think that if we get that starting point right, and we all have the same principles, and the the same hopes, then the outcome will be easier.
0: I agree with you, and I think at least this is my experience that I had also over the recent, you know, maybe two years. The starting point is a bit of a different one. It has shifted from when we started in shared services right it was very often the back office the process let's get this right and now from the starting point perspective you come you know employee experience you come from the employee you come from the end user and this is then also something that you can work with the other functions because they all have the same end user and so they all should have the same interest in fixing the experience of this end user. And I think this makes it easier today than a few years back when we were all thinking about getting our processes efficient only. yet, this is still, as you said, this is still something we have to do, but this common goal of the experience across towers, I think helps us in the future.
1: The message has sunk in a little bit, so we just have to keep at it.
0: Exactly. And with that, thank you so much, Davis. I really enjoyed our conversation was good to catch up, was good to get your insights on this from a 20 years plus experience HR shared service practitioner. Really, really appreciate it. I wish you all the best for your journey in, uh, in Bangalore. Hope you have safe travels back.
1: Okay, it's been a pleasure talking with you and thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you. Take care.
0: And this was our interview with Davis Aguilar, Head of Employee Experience at Diageo. Hope you found it insightful and stay tuned for further episodes of the Employee Experience Labs podcast.